Welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Uh, for the second time in my podcast, I'm coming to you from the island of St. John in the United States Virgin Islands. Um, away on a little break, I've decided to keep up with the podcast after I had such a, a long layoff um, working on a project, as I explained in the last podcast, which will hopefully come into fruition. I want to get back on a roll here. Uh, and let's dive right in with the story of the week. Obviously, everyone's talking about it. It's all over social media. This Dr. Walter Palmer, DDS, of Minnesota, who was responsible for killing Cecil or Cecil the Lion uh, in what's a, a somewhat of a canned hunt. Um, and obviously, everyone knows the story. The lion was protected. It had a collar on. It was being monitored. Uh, it was kind of a, a local favorite for everybody. And uh, this dentist paid $55,000 to kill this lion. Um, let, let me start by doing this. First of all, you know, before I, I crucify Dr. Walter Palmer for reasons you may not have heard already, Let's get into the culture in the United States when it comes to violence, killing in general. We, we tend to get off on this thing. This is something that we promote every day in the United States in one form or another. Um, we love the gladiators fighting in the arena. If you look at the National Football League, we basically take kids out of college, put them in an arena, and make them smash each other to death, all for sport and entertainment. And the lifespan of the average football player, professional football player, is what? 55 years old, I think. The average playing career of an average football player is something like 4.2 years. So, And you know, the brain injuries have been documented and everything else. Um, look at what we've done in boxing, you know, the deaths in, in the boxing ring. Now we have mixed martial arts. We, we get off on this thing in this country. We love pitting humans against one another in an arena in, in a battle to the death. It's all over cinema. I mean, forget it. The, the amount of movies. I mean, Rocky and Sylvester Stallone, I don't even know how many there were anymore. What was it, six, seven Rockies? And now we have another movie coming out with Jake Gyllenhaal, Southpaw. Um, you know, we, we, we love the the gladiator warriors in the ring battling mentality. So, you know, violence is necessarily a part of our culture here in America. That's, that's first thing. So the American culture leads to, to just a, a general direction of violence. Then there's the second aspect of this animals and the treatment of animals. And, you know, before we get into hunting, let, let's get into just the farming of animals in this country, and the mistreatment of animals in that industry. Animals are, you know, chickens are, are overfed and stuffed, never see the light of day, all for human consumption. Um, pigs are slaughtered in, you know, sometimes very barbaric manners. We, we don't treat animals with dignity and then the funny thing is we pick and choose the animals we want to treat with dignity and i did a a, a, a podcast uh about the dog farming and the puppy farming in asia and how they kill and and eat 
puppies and adult dogs in Asia and how we find that so offensive. Um, but it, it feeds a huge part of their population. Whereas here, the amount of food we throw out is ridiculous. The, the animals that we kill and the way we kill these animals is, you know, in many ways, really a disrespect to the animals. So in, in general, you know, our society doesn't treat animals with the dignity they deserve. So you have a culture of violence. You have animals are not treated with respect and dignity. When that comes together, this is what creates, you know, a Dr. Walter Palmer. This is the culture that creates a Dr. Walter Palmer. Now, let's get into hunting. There are people that were raised in parts of this country that hunting is a part of their upbringing. It's a part of their culture. And I'm going to tell you this. There are many hunters, many, that treat the animals they hunt with more respect than farmers and, you know, big food industry and, you know, many people in general. Hunting for survival purposes, hunting because it's a part of your culture and hunting with a certain amount of dignity and respect towards the animal is different and separate than hunting for pure sport. What I'm going to talk about with regards to Dr. Walter Palmer is not the hunters out there that do this the right way, that eat the animal snout to tail, that use the skin of the animal, that you know use the different parts of the animal for different uses and basically make entire use of the animal. My parents were raised in, in Sicily. My mother grew up on a farm and there was a dignity that was given to the animal. You respected the animal because it was giving you all of the things that you needed to survive, whether it was wool, whether it was milk, whether you know it was eggs and they treated animals with respect. And people that were raised on farms, people that have been raised on farms, people that are raised in the right way in hunting societies, you know, especially Native Americans are, you know, are, are, are such an example of this. There's a dignity and respect that they give to animals. Now, I, I have, if any of you have ever seen my comedy act, you know I do a huge bit on hunting and how I am against hunting. Again, when I talk about being against hunting, what I'm talking about is people that kill for sport. Hunting is not a sport, and this is not to be comical. This is to be serious because I really want to make some serious points about this. If you pay $55,000, as this dentist did, for the sole purpose of tracking and hunting a wild animal for pure enjoyment and excitement, I think there's something wrong with you. I think that you you are obviously, there's a part of your manhood or womanhood, whatever it may be, because there are women out there to do this too, that is lacking. And, And this is a way for you to somehow show your bravado, somehow show your, I don't know, prowess, uh, as a human being, first of all, the fact that you had to pay $55,000 and have someone guide you out there and, and say, here, 
here's here's the animal. Go ahead, fire away. Is not showing me any bravado or prowess at all. And you may remember the movie Maverick with Mel Gibson. There's a scene in there where um, there's a Native American area and Mel runs into a friend who owes him money. And he says, I got a way we can get you money. There's a, a Russian guy who wants the Native American experience. And he cons him into saying, here, I'm going to give you the greatest thrill of all, killing an American Indian. And they kind of fake in this comedic way, you know, this Russian guy tracking down and, and killing Mel Gibson, who's dressed like an Indian. And to me, that scene shown in jest is what we have here in a reality. First of all, the things that you could do with $55,000 for wildlife conservation, if you have a thing for animals and lions in the wild, I've got something better you could do with that $55,000 than shoot it with an arrow behead it and skin it which is exactly what this dentist did this animal was killed for two reasons three reasons one thrill and sport which again you know that's like me being led to where this dentist lives and works tracking him down hiding in his house at night waiting for him to peek out and then i blast away what's the difference I'm looking for Dr. Walter. I'm hunting dentist. We happen to know a dentist office in Minnesota. Here, give us $55,000. Here it is. Okay, ready? There he is. He's coming out. That's the guy. And then I blast away. What's the difference? What's the difference? Same thing. Um, It's murder. The second reason he did it was so he can behead the animal for a trophy And skin it was the third reason. So he can have this fur that he can hang on his wall. And again, this gets to another part of our society. This trophy mentality. This notion of of mounting a a deer head, an elk head. The the notion of mounting uh, a lion head. The notion of mounting a moose head. This this notion of, again, look, I'm a man. Let Let me show you. You know, that is something that to me is such a, a an unbelievable egocentric thing that we always have to show trophies and awards and on our prowess. And it's it's really disgusting as a society that that's what we're all about. This is how we show off to to actually put a living creature's head on your wall and say, look at what I did. You know what? Why don't, again, why don't you make a contribution to help these animals in the wild thrive? Get a commendation and an award for that. Make a $55,000 donation to Wildlife Conservation Organization and show me how they've helped animals thrive in the wild, put that award on your wall. Now you've gained my respect. But this notion of, you know, again, mounting a head on your wall and pounding your chest like Tarzan is, again, it it shows me that you're you're a, a far cry from what a real man is. Now, let me get into specifically Dr. Walter Palmer. Um... 
he, there's a quote that I read about him that in his defense, by the way, he's, he's MIA. This guy's in hiding. And again, that shows what kind of coward he is because you know what? If you are this brave guy who goes on these hunts, if you're able to confront a lion with a bow and arrow, if you're this brave macho guy, you're afraid of questions? So this guy who can kill a bear, kill elk, kill lions, he's an exotic game hunter, and he actually belongs to a a group called the Pope and Young Club. And you're, you're this brave macho guy, but yet you're afraid of questions? You're afraid of people coming at you? Well, guess what? Karma really is a bitch because now you are the hunted. And people are only hunting you with questions, Dr. Palmer. So what kind of coward are you? My God. that This pretty much sums this guy up. But anyway, here was his quote. Um, he killed this lion in pursuit of an activity... I love and practice, and here's the key, responsibly and legally. These are quotes taken directly from him. I did this in pursuit of an activity. I love and practice responsibly and legally. Let's start with the first person, an activity you love. You love to murder. That's basically what that says to me. You have a passion for killing a living creature. That's something that I'm sorry you need help with. If that's your passion, if your passion in life is taking life, you have a serious problem. You really do. This guy has a serious psychological issue. First part. Second part, and this is the part I really want to focus on. Here's where I'm going to focus my attack on this guy. He says this is a practice he does responsibly and legally. This is a blatant lie. The research I did on this Dr. Palmer says... That in the past, he made false statements to a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service about a black bear he killed in 2008. I guess what had happened was that this bear was supposed to be in a certain area and he killed it outside the area. And he lied about where he killed it or he dragged it into the area. Anyway, in 2008, he was questioned by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and he lied. So the fact that he says this is a practice that he does responsibly and legally... He's lying. This guy's a liar. Now, he pled guilty to that. He actually pled guilty to that charge. So he's already has a history of doing this practice that he loves killing illegally. So he's a liar on top of everything else we want to think about him. Here's something else about this doctor. In 2006, a sexual harassment charge was brought up on him. The sexual harassment charge was settled for $127,000. $127,000 on a sexual harassment. Now listen, I have never been sexually harassed to the point I've had to sue somebody. But if somebody's paying me $127,000 to shut me up, odds are you've done something wrong. That really crossed the line. So here's what we have with Dr. Palmer. We have a liar who has a passion for killing and at least settled a case for $127,000 for a sexual harassment. In just 
these two instances, the sexual harassment and killing Cecil the Lion, he's dished out to kill a lion and sexually harass somebody. This guy must be super dentist. He must have invented teeth for him to be making this kind of bank. And he's just throwing money around to kill exotic animals and sexually harass people. This guy's got some kind of bank. But it looks like that bank is is basically going to be bankrupt soon because he is nowhere to be found. People put all kinds of stuffed animals outside his dentist office. Uh, He hasn't been showing up for work. He hasn't faced the media. He hasn't faced anybody trying to reach out to him to interview him. So he's in hiding. Like an animal being hunted. He's in hiding. So you know what, Dr. Palmer? What goes around in life comes around. Um, the, The club he belongs to is called the Pope and Young Club. And here's their quote. Hunts taken under the rules of fair chase. This is, this is their slogan, and this is part of what the Pope and Young Club is. It's a club that hunts animals under the rules of fair chase. I don't even know what the hell that means. What is a fair chase to an animal who is out in the wild trying to exist in its natural Darwinism environment, meaning animals that hunt other animals, animals that prey upon other animals for their own existence. So you already have the threat that they have to endure as part of their environment, part of the food chain that is being that animal. Now you throw in this variable of a human being with a helicopter, a jeep, that's a fair chase, right? Yeah, okay. Um, a gun, a high-powered rifle with a scope, or a bow and arrow that's made of high-tension wires. I mean, th- this is not... There is, to me, there is no such thing as a fair chase. And for the people in the Pope and Young Club, what I would say to you is this. Imagine you, in your normal daily routine... And somebody hires a hitman or someone takes it upon themselves to want to hunt a hunter. I've just decided, you know what, as I'm sitting here, I've decided I have a new passion that I would like to practice responsibly and legally. And that's hunting people that hunt. So this way they can experience what it is to be the hunted. And I will do it in an, I will go out and get a license. I will ask President Obama for a license to allow me to kill. Give me a license to kill like James Bond so I can eliminate people like this. I want to be a vigilante. I want a license to be a vigilante and hunt these people. And I want to do it by trying to find them through the internet, get people to to give me photographs of them, try to track them at their homes, find them, follow them and kill them. Is that a fair chase? There's no such thing as a fair chase. This is my point. There's no such thing as a fair chase when it comes to killing another living creature unless it is part of Darwinism. And I talk about farming. 
and I talk about the treatment of animals and the fair treatment of animals, keeping animals on a fair range, on a free range, excuse me, then killing the animal in a humane way for food. Listen, animals were, were possibly put here for our consumption. I'm not denying that. And for everyone saying, well, are you a vegan? Are you a vegetarian? Listen, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. I am, for the most part, a pescatarian. The only things I eat besides fish are chicken and turkey. Now, when I go to a restaurant, there's sometimes very little way I can find out if those animals were free range. Um, I try to find places that are um, designated as areas that, as restaurants that do serve free range. That's just becoming a lot more prevalent in our society. Thank God. When I do cook on my own, I do my best to buy free range chicken. I do my best to buy poultry. And when I buy a Thanksgiving turkey, we go to this place called Goffle Farm in Midland Park. Um, you know, I do my best. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Yes. Do I own leather? I do. Do I own an exorbitant amount of leather? No, I don't. I invite you to come and take a picture of my closet. You are not going to see furs and leather all over the place. That's not who I am. So am I a bit of a hypocrite? Yes. Do I do my best to try to abide by some of what I'm preaching right now? I really do. I really do. But this notion of fair game, of hunting for sport, of spending money on the execution of an animal, when you could be spending money on the preservation of wildlife and doing something to contribute to animals, you know, multiplying in numbers and existing in harmony with human beings, especially exotic animals that are not food, that are purely sport. I mean, come on, man. What, where are we? But again, this is part of our culture. We have hunting shows all over television. We, we love violence in this country. You know, we do it with human beings. And we have since the beginning of time. The Roman Colosseum. What is it? It's a fortress that stood for over 2,000, and, 2000 years. That is where we had men battle lions to the death. We still have this in Spain. Matadors killing bulls. This is something that is prevalent in our society. This is who we are. This is what we we are as humans. We're barbaric in nature. So as much as I want to make this about this POS dentist from Minnesota, this is a, a really a story about society and, and human nature in general. With regards to Dr. Palmer, again, with me, I'm more specific. He's... He's part of a bigger problem. This guy got caught is the, is the issue here. The thing with me with this guy is the fact that he's a liar and the fact that he's been involved in sexual harassment. This guy's makeup as a human being shows that he's got issues all over the place. And this is a super successful dentist, or at least was a super successful dentist who's dished out, again, $182,000 in sexual harassment and killings that we know of, potentially upwards in the area of $400,000, 
to kill animals and sexual harassment suits. This is what this guy spends his money on. People don't make this money in a lifetime. This is what he's spending his money on to do with his money. So this is, again, that's how I would like to to sum up Dr. Palmer. The second thing I want to talk about is I want to end on a high note. I don't want to just, you know, trash this guy for an entire podcast. There's something else going on right now. It's actually, um, it started July 26th. Today's July 31st. I'm doing this podcast. Started July 26th. It wraps up on August 2nd. So if if you're getting this podcast on the 31st, the 1st or the 2nd, please do your best to go to ESPN or search online. Uh, Right now, what's happening in... Los Angeles is the Special Olympic World Games. Uh, the Special Olympics was, was founded back in 1968 by Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Now, that, that's the mother of Maria Shriver, who was the ex-wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, here's a perfect example of, again, someone who has money, like this Dr. Palmer, but is doing something great with it. The Kennedys, here's this family of power and prestige. And Eunice Kennedy Shriver decided on using her prestige and her financial backing back in 1968 to found the Special Olympics. And over the years, um, go to the Special Olympics website. You can see how it's grown steadily over the years. And the, the whole point of the Special Olympics is changing lives through the world and spirit of sport. Basically, this is what sport, in, in my mind, is all about. It's about creating a, a way for a person to succeed and build confidence in their everyday life that will help them in their everyday life. And and the one story I saw um, was there was a Special Olympian from Michigan. And he was interviewed. And, and they asked him what his ambition was in life. And his ambition was to someday work in a restaurant as a waiter. Work in a restaurant as a server. And that's all he wanted in life. He wanted to serve people in a restaurant. I mean, when you think about that. Think about what his goal is. It's, it's in service, first of all. But when they asked him, you know, so what do you want to do? This was it. And he's competing as, a, as an athlete. And this is helping him gain confidence in life to be able to achieve that goal. And I'm hoping somebody's watching from Michigan where he's from and says, you know what? I want to hire that kid. Give him a job. We got to reach out to him and give him a job. This, to me, is what, I mean, the determination and the sportsmanship spirit in the Special Olympics, to me, is second to none. The only other place you see that, in my mind and in my opinion, is in Little League games where you don't have that maniac coach or the maniac parents that ruin the moment. And you know what? Here, here's a here's a perfect example of it. Uh, my fiance has a son who played baseball um, and was very very good in high school. He played for a very prominent high school, Bergen Catholic. And the one story she told me about 
him playing baseball was one of their last games. Um, a kid, the second baseman, made an error that cost them the game. And at the end of the game, her son walked over to the kid, put his arm around him, and basically said, hey, man, it's, it's okay. It's all right. That, to me, was one of the greatest stories she ever told me about her son. These are the type of stories you like to hear from people because, you know what, we all want to win. We all have a competitive streak in us. But it's not how you handle winning. Some people are great winners. Some people are terrible winners. To me, life is about how you handle losing. How you handle competing. So, Because when you compete, three things happen. One, you compete. Two, you win. Three, you lose. <laughs> it's very simple. Those are the three things. So do you compete with a level of sportsmanship? Do you compete fairly? And we're seeing this all over the place with Tom Brady right now in the news. Do you compete in a way that's not cheating? Do you compete in a way that's fair and honest? And again, that brings us to this Dr. Palmer talking about fair hunts, fair chase. So do you compete in a way that truly is fair? Do you compete in a way that shows sportsmanship? That's the first aspect of sports. The second aspect, again, one of two things is going to happen. More often than not, you lose. It's just the nature of the beast. You have to lose. Look, there's 32 NFL teams. Only one is Super Bowl champion. 31 teams, which have 55 players, are going to feel the experience of defeat. One team, 55 guys, win. Same thing in baseball. Same thing in soccer. Same thing in every sport. The vast majority lose. So it's, it's the question then, if you know the vast majority are going to lose, then the key component is how do you compete? How do you stand up as a competitor? And to me, the Special Olympics is an example for every kid out there, parents, please tune into this. Get whatever you can off of YouTube to show what really is fair and honest competition. And what's competition in a way that, listen, people want to win, but there's such a sense of everybody pulling for each other. You know, I, I competed as an athlete in powerlifting. And the great thing, the, the one thing I loved about powerlifting is... You were either strong enough to lift more weights than everyone else in your weight class, or you weren't, plain and simple. It wasn't like boxing where you had to destroy your opponent. You could either do it or you couldn't. And in powerlifting, for the most part, when I went to meets, I don't want to say we cheered each other on because ultimately you wanted to win, but there was such a respect factor for someone in your weight class that was stronger than you because you know what? That person motivated you to do better the next time. And the one meet people say to me, you know, what was the meet that you learned the most? It was the meet that I lost. It was the New Jersey state championships. It was the only meet I ever went in and did not leave with a trophy. That's the meet I learned the most from because I learned that I did not prepare the way I should have prepared. And I did not compete the way I should have competed. I had a bad day. I had an off day. I didn't go there with the right mentality. I learned more from losing than I did from winning. So the Special Olympics, to see, and, and here's the other thing that you're seeing in the Special Olympics, by the way. You're seeing people deal 
with an intellectual disability, but yet show prowess in their fitness, their nutrition, and their lifestyle. And you know what? It's funny. I'm in St. John right now on vacation, and I'm looking at people, okay, that are unbelievably overweight. The, the, the gluttony in alcohol abuse and food abuse is out of control when you go on vacation. If you've ever gone on a cruise, oh my God, cruises are scary. Go to a buffet on a cruise. Go to a buffet in like Vegas, a casino or something. It's scary the way people eat, the way that people treat themselves. And you know what? They don't have excuses. It's just pure gluttony. Then I look at people, you know, just at home, friends that I know, people that are close to me, and I see the excuses that they make about fitness and nutrition. And their lifestyle. And I look at Special Olympians. And you know what? No excuses. They make no excuses. And I'm not looking at Special Olympians as somebody that, you know what, could have an excuse. Because, you know what, to me, I treat everyone the same. And they're equal. Maybe physically they can't do the things that other people can because of the limitations that they have been dealt with genetically. But you know what? They excel in ways that the, the genetic people that don't have disabilities don't. And to see these incredible athletes strive and succeed in elements of fitness, nutrition, and their lifestyle. Again, their focus. What do you want to do with your life? They have answers. They know. To, and and it, it comes from this element of competition, this, this element of being involved in sport the right way, the right way. It's, it's really wonderful to watch. So if you can tune in, watch the Special Olympics, um, see some of the stories that are just absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it's really a lesson. It, it's a lesson for kids. It's a lesson for adults. It's a lesson for everybody in life. Um, that's why I love watching that kind of thing. And, you know, th- this, this all kind of ties together um, because you, you're talking about sport and, and competition. And then we had this Dr. Palmer who's convinced that he and this Pope and Young Club are doing things fair and responsible. You know, are they really? Now, now we're seeing the truth there with regards to fair and responsible. Um, this is one of my shorter podcasts. Um, these are the stories in the news that to me deserve the attention this week. Um, again, as for as much as Dr. Palmer is everything that is evil to me, it's not just about him being a hunter because we have plenty of those people. This is personal with Dr. Hunter for me. I'm going after him personally because he's a liar He's obviously got a history of abuse towards people in a sexual harassment way. From what I've read, 2006 charge, $127,000 settlement. But most of all, he's a coward. He is hiding from questions. The guy who's brave enough to face a lion with a bow is not tough enough to face a microphone. That's the type of person he is. And when you talk about sport and what sport really is, you know, you look at the positive in life. The Special Olympics. Man, what a difference. Look at look at the spectrum that I covered in this podcast between Dr. Palmer and Special Olympians. A guy who went to medical school, 
DDS. A, a guy who, God, think about his education level. And then you have people that we call special because they have intellectual disabilities. Do they? Who's got the intellectual disability in the people I talked about today? It's not the Special Olympians. That's for damn sure. It's Dr. Palmer. So you know what? Intellectual disability, in my mind, isn't tied to the amount of education you have, don't have, or genetics. It's about character. It's about lifestyle. So that's the best way to wrap up this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, feel free to send me your comments. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Vince August. Uh, Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, Another podcast in the books.